0: All right. Well, uh, Kent, if you would come up. Kent is going to read our passage this week. So we're going to be in Colossians 3, uh, verses 12 through uh, 17. What's up? You? Are you loud enough? I turned it, turn it off. If y'all would, uh, when you get there, if you would stand as we read God's Word. 12
1: 17. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Y'all
0: may be seated. So um back up uh, years ago now it was called the, the golden age of Pirates. I know the pirates of the Caribbean movies and we kind of romanticize that whole time. It's uh, and out of that, there came this say, and I've heard, nail your colors to the mask. Have y'all heard that? Nail your colors to the mass. Right, and that means, okay, like, be who you actually are, right? Uh, don't, don't be wishy-washy, don't be back and forth. And the reason why that phrase came about is, you know, these pirates, they would, you know, if they were going to maybe uh, rob a Spanish ship, well, they'd just throw up their Spanish flag close enough and once they were close enough they'd pull that Spanish flag down and then they'd raise their pirate flag that's who they really are or maybe they raised the British or they would do this and so when you would if you nailed your colors your flag to the mass you couldn't raise it up and down and you couldn't fake you couldn't lie you couldn't pirate mm-hmm. and that's what Paul's telling us he's saying nail your colors to the mass so we started in verse 12. But if y'all remember, look back just a few verses earlier. Right? Verse 9, he says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Right? So he's saying, hey, you've got to put off the old self, right? Then put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience. Right? Put on who you really are, right? Nail your colors to the mask. And so we've got to remember and continually do this, right? We have to put on this new self. And this isn't just a one-time thing, right? This isn't something we just do once and we're fine. This is something we have to continually and keep doing. But almost as if he... Knows that we're not going to be sure how to do that. He says, put on that as God's chosen ones. And so he's telling us to put something on. The first thing he does is he reminds us, you are chosen. You are beloved. You are pursued. I mean, think about this, right? We're going to put on this new self. If it's just this list of, you know, do this, do this, do this, right? Don't do this. If, it's all, if all it is is, hey, you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, don't run the girls to do. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're just checking off like that list, it doesn't do anything. But God's like, the positive, remember you're chosen. Like God pursued you. I love Ephesians 1 says that before the foundations of the world, God set his mind and his heart and his affections on you. Right? The whole story of the Bible, as we can, we've been learning upstairs, and you've studied this for the past few weeks, right? thought so whatever, what is the Bible? It's one big story that as we look at it, right, the whole story from start to finish is that God rescues his people. And Paul's saying, he's not saying, hey, hey, ask. Like this, so you'll get brought in. He said, Hey, you are new. So act like who you are. You're chosen. Right? You're holy. Right? That, that holiness of God is in us, and it the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So we are a holy people. Right? A royal priesthood, as Peter puts it, right? We are different. We are set apart. For are holy, we are beloved. Beloved. Do you believe that? That's yourself. Right? When you think about God, and when you think about how God thinks about you, is beloved something that you think about? That's what we don't really use that much anymore, right? Right. Like, oh, yeah, if I came up to somebody else and said, oh, hey, beloved, right, y'all might want to, you know, talk about maybe getting someone else. And we just, you know, and so we we don't use that word, especially for us guys, right? We we live, especially in the southern culture, we don't live in a culture where a lot of, you know, affection is allowed, right? It's allowed, if you're on the football team together, maybe, or, you know, just, but we don't allow a lot of that affection. So sometimes we read this, we kind of step back, but this is God saying, you are cherished, right, Your, your mind. You are special to me. There is this specialness. There is this love. There is this desire for us that He has to us. You are beloved in the eyes of God. And it's so often we think about the way God sees us. We say, okay, yeah, He's yeah, okay, but yeah, He loves me because He has to. Okay, I'm a child. I'm probably the an annoying kid He wants in the other room, right? No, no, you are beloved of the Father. Uh, I'm not foolish enough to think that in this room there's no one that wrestles with identity, there's no one that wrestles with fear, doubt, depression. I know that in this room, there are some of us that when we look in the mirror, we don't like who it is that looks back at us, that we're we're terrified that, okay, I'm Maybe I am not as loved cherished as maybe I once was, or I wish I was. So here these words spoken of you. the Father calls you beloved. And when you are wrestling with who you are, when you are believing those lies of the flesh and the enemy, that you are not good enough, or not this, that, or the other enough, remind yourself that you are beloved of the Father. Right, it says, having compassion hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. bearing with one another. If someone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Right? And so what Paul is doing here, and I want to spend our first book in the title, and this is who you are. Right? And if you understand this is who we are, then acting like it will be easy. And so now Paul's going to like, hey, this is how we act. We should act different than those around us who are not believers. Right? There should be a difference to us once Christ brings us into his family. Right, yes, we still sin. Yes, we still struggle. Yes, we still wrestle with these things. Because that old man, that, that flesh that is still alive, it pulls us. Amen. But we should be. Different, right? There should be a striving. And hey, sometimes that striving is simply, hey, I'm not here and I want to be. But we should look different than we used to live before Christ brought us in, right? If we look no different than the world, we have to remember that Scripture says that you shall know a tree by its fruit. Right? And a tree doesn't, I mean, we a living tree doesn't go, make that. It just simply is, right? If we have been grafted into the family and the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and we will begin to look like this. But yet we have to see it and put it on or we have to understand it. In this list, if you're anything like me, there's one or two that probably sticks out a little bit more. Like Compassion of hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. This week, I'm not going to go through each and every one of these in detail. But um, I expect that one of these probably stuck out to you. There's probably one that you said, I hope hope that's not the one he spends ten minutes on. Because we all wrestle with these things. We need to know that this is the way Christ calls us to live. For me, in this list, I think the hardest was that forgiving, right? So most of you know my story, right? Everything that happened, you know, about two and a half years ago with my hand on what some of y'all uh, don't you know. And the this idea. she was not on speaking terms with her family. She openly referred to her father as her abuser. She openly called that his little Sunday morning group a cult. And then after she passed, I wasn't the next kid. And I realized my fiance has the legal rights of a stranger. I, I was told I wasn't allowed to see her body. I was told that I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral home. I wasn't allowed at the funeral. I wasn't allowed at the graveside. I heard that he even bragged calling her death and answered prayer. And then went on to just slander her and me. I was like, I don't want forgiveness. Right? There's, there's certain souls. And I thought, why is this in here? And I'm like, okay, I get it now. And I wrestled, and I wrestled, and I wrestled with unforgiveness. I did not want to forgive him, because honestly, if if part of me was terrified that if I forgave him, maybe God would too, and I didn't want that. Am I the only one who's ever been there, right? (laughs) Yeah, man. But here's the thing, is unforgiveness, and you might have heard this before, it's like drinking poison hoping the other person gets sick. It's letting someone live rent-free in your head, right? And that unforgiveness, and unforgiveness, let me be clear, it does not mean reconciliation. Right? Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have a relationship. has to be completely and fully restored. Forgiveness doesn't always mean trust. right? Like I had a situation with someone who actually in the past uh, few weeks, our relationship had been fractured very much and he finally called me and said, hey, I'm sorry. I said, hey, God, I forgive you. Absolutely, 100%. You get all grace for me. I completely forgive you. I said, but let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Our relationship is still broken. I'm willing to make the steps to see reconciliation. I believe reconciliation can happen. I trust that reconciliation will happen. But just because you say forgive me and I say I will, that doesn't mean that the relationship is restored. And I just want to say that because some of you have been told the lie, and sometimes by people that are trying to manipulate me. Oh, well, you have to forgive me. you have to be close. You have to trust me. Right? You have to just let me in and give me the rights that I used to have. But that's not the case. But I gotta keep moving. Right, because we do have communion this week, I don't want to keep it too long. And above all, so he says all of these things, and all of these things are good and right things. All of these things are things that as we have them and put them on, we look more and more and more like good King Jesus. says, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Put on love. Unfortunately, love is a theme and a word that has been co-opted in many spaces in our culture by Him. Right? Like, we know from the Word of God that God is love. Right? He is Perfect love, and yet if you drive down the road and someone has a poster, you know, or a yard sign that says love is love, they're probably not talking about following Jesus, right? Or you put on love, and I want to just say, love doesn't mean affirmation of everything. Love means that you press in, that you pursue. Love means that you tell the truth, but you do it in a way that cares for the other person, not the argument. Right, sometimes we have people that I've heard and I've done it myself and, uh, you know, Christians got, you know, and they're just you know, they're trying to win the argument like I'm telling the truth so it's loving right there's been times I've had to go back and actually apologize to people and say I'm so sorry what I said uh, what I said was true but I, I didn't care about you when I said that I didn't love you I was trying to win the argument I was trying to look right I was trying to tell, pat myself on the back and say see there you, you are there you go or Lord, forgive me, in other times I was trying to win the audience of the people around us, that they maybe have was smart or cool or knew how to talk well. Right? Love tells the truth, but does so in a way that cares for the person that you are speaking to. It says, I'm going to press in. I'm going to be there. Put on love. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which indeed you were called one body and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Sometimes that's a peace we have to ask for. Right? We, uh, we know James tells us, right, you have not because you have asked But Sometimes I realize when I'm in seasons and situations where I feel like there is no peace. Right? 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 wrestling with something, there are times that I have to go in prayer and say, God, you said if we're lacking anything to ask you, I'm asking for peace. Right? You said that you are the prince of peace and you will give peace that where you are, these things will come and I'm asking for it. Sometimes in prayer, we pray so timidly and yet there's things in the Bible that are just clear. Right? There are times in prayer that I would pray scripture back to God and God, you said you give me peace is one of the ones I do. He will answer that prayer, maybe not immediately, it's not a silver bullet, it's not a formula, but He will show up, and sometimes His peace isn't necessarily calming the storm like you run about with the kids, sometimes His peace is saying, I'm in the boat with you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom but uh, the Word of Christ dwells in you richly. I just want to ask, right, if you're not spending time in the Word, then it can't in you, Right? If the only time that you get the Word is Sunday and Wednesday, and for something you just Sunday, right, then it's not going to dwell richly within you, right? But I've, I have never seen someone, right, I've, I've never seen a healthy person who eats one big meal a week. Right, you have to be in the Word for to dwell richly in you. But I mean, even this morning, you we were talking about, we're starting a little Bible reading plan together, right? They're going to have a little Bible reading plan. They have or read it with us. So we can talk about different things they have the questions with. Right? If you don't have one, I'll help you with it, right? Have time in the Word each and every day. And as you do, these things will happen. Teaching and admonishing one another. Right? That means that as we go talk about the things of God, right? If you are spending time in the Word daily, when you're around another believer, like, oh, Rob, oh, man, I was reading my Bible this morning. I just came across this. I oh, thought it was so cool. I mean, how great that? I oh, want you guys to share with me. What are y'all reading, right? And as we do, we will build each other up. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and Father through Him in everything you do. Right? In word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I want to ask you, right, for some of you, think about it. Is everything that you're doing, could you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus? Right? Some of us need to take examination of what we're doing in our lives. And if we can't do it in good conscience in the name of the Lord Jesus, then we ought not be doing it. Right? Right. But as we do these things in His name, He will be with us. In that Christ Himself says, even something as small as giving a single cup of water in my name, there will be reward in heaven. I so said, do these things in the name of the Lord and give thanks to God the Father through Him. Live lives of thankfulness. Right? There are actually studies that show if you practice gratitude and thankfulness on a regular basis, you will end up becoming a more thankful person. Amen. Right? It, it will just happen. If you are looking for things to be thankful for, you will start seeing things to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. A few. Uh, months ago, I was having a conversation with a close friend, and I just um, said, if you're looking for reasons for it to be a bad day, you'll find them. You will. But if you're looking for reasons for it to be a good day, you'll find them. And I get tragedy struck and things happen and you can't make that every day. But if your rhythm is finding things to be thankful for and not just this generic oh, here's my gratitude list. That's great. But actually making it a prayer. Thank you. Hey God, thank you so much for this. It could be something as big as hey, thank you Father that my sister, I thought she had something bad it was just a flu." Praise God for that. Or it could be something as small as God, thank you so much for that first little tinge of fall in the air. It feels nice. Father, thank you so much, right, for the leaves changing in the trees. Thank you so much, right, for this or that. It can be as large as the cosmos itself or as small as thank you so much for this particular spice because I use it in a lot of my food Of happy <laughs> I'm happy to make it. I'm looking before all cooking. Like, Father, thank you so much. Like, I might have thank for something as small as just this flavor. And so as we come here in a moment and take communion together, what better thing to be thankful for? <clears throat> and when you taste the bread and when you take the cup be thankful. This is, I mean, this is something, if there's anything to be done in the name of Christ, it is this reason to do it in remembrance of me. And be thankful to the Father for it. For this is our life. I just want to remind you, right, that this table, this is King Jesus' table. Right? This isn't just... Fairview's table, right? If you belong to King Jesus, then this table is for you. And even if you are struggling and wrestling in your life now, come to the table. Now, if there is sin in your life, and you're fighting it, you might be losing the fight. But if you're fighting, come to the table. But if you have a peace treaty with the enemy on some things... Off. Right? If you have not been brought into the family of God, if you have not professed your faith in Christ, hold off. But then here's the beautiful thing: is that maybe even this morning you go, "Hey, you know, I've made peace with some sin in my life, and I, I want to go to war with it. I'm done. I want to fight it. Come up and make that make taking the bread and the wine a declaration of war on on sin." Amen. Or maybe you are not in the family of Christ. Maybe you've never fully given yourself to Jesus as your king. And sometimes we like Savior. King means he's in charge, right? And we don't get to vote on him every four years. If you've never accepted Christ as your king, come and make your first act of obedience kneeling before him, taking his body and blood and remembering what he has done for you. And come talk to me. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and before one another.
1: Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be in a leading church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have prevailed against your law. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the needed. Forgive us, we pray. Free us from joyful
0: obedience
1: to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Christ Jesus, you are forgiven.
1: In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. On the night that
0: Jesus was betrayed, He took bread, and broke, it. He said, "This is my body, broken for you." Do this in. Remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. So he said, This is my blood shed for many, for the remission of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as we take the bread and we drink the cup, we proclaim his life, his death, his resurrection. We proclaim our coming hope on the day that he comes and gets us. We await that day. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by, by the gates, outside of the dogs and the sorcerers, and the sexually immoral, and the murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. So the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. And let the thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without Christ. God. Oh,
1: goodness,
0: he who testifies to these things says surely I am coming soon Amen. Amen. Amen Come Lord Jesus the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all Amen, Amen. Go in peace